Uh, it's a scary weekend for a lot of people uh, around the globe. Marcus Hutchins is a now hero. At 22, he's the hacker that stopped the WannaCry ransomware from spreading across the globe. With a kill switch, he found and activated from this hub of computers in his small bedroom of his parents' home in Devon. It's an interesting story, and we're joined by Curtis Barron, who's the founder of London-based Fidus. Uh, we're joined by Andrew Mabbitt, rather, who is the founder of uh, London-based Fidus Information Security. Uh, welcome to the show, Kurt, uh, Andrew. Sorry I keep calling you Curtis. I have no idea why. No worries, Curtis. Can't be <laughs> Can that be your nickname? If you would like it to be. All righty. You like. uh, okay, you're nice to me. All right, I like this. We're going to have a good relationship <laughs> off the hop here. Okay, I know that you know, Marcus. I want to talk very broadly here. We imagine, you know, hackers are guys living in their parents' basements, and now we find out, no, not so much. Marcus re- resided above ground. Can you just describe, uh, you know, for the listenership and people like me, not really familiar with computers beyond what I do on my iPad or do at work on a daily basis so that I can talk on the radio, um, can you describe how he actually saved the day? Yeah, of course. Um, so malware tech in his field is an expert. He analyzes malware. So these are the nasty viruses people get on a day-to-day basis. Um, so his job is going out there, finding the bad guys, stopping the bad guys, and stopping these, these pieces of malware from being installed on people's computers. Um, and now in the UK in the morning, uh, we had a massive outbreak at the National Health, National Health Service, sorry, which is the NHS. Um, and this was reported really early on in the morning. Malwaretech managed to obtain a sample of the malware. He dug into it pretty quickly and he found out there was a domain registered within the malware. Um, now, he had a look at the domain um, and it was free to purchase, which he thought was a bit strange. Hmm. So what he did, he, he went ahead and he purchased it. Um, kind of not really realizing the scale of what he'd actually stopped at this point. And about an hour later, I believe he was contacted by another security researcher. Um, and they kind of both worked out that he'd actually put a stop to this malware, um, which was a pretty big job considering it was early in the UK and the US hadn't woken up yet. So had he have not done that and nobody stopped it beforehand, I think, the cyber attacks we're looking at at the moment would have been a lot more detrimental. That's incredible. So when you say domain name, it's like a .com. It is, yeah. Wow. So Google.com, for example. Right. Um, but it was a lot more complicated and random and something no one would have ever bought. Right. This is a lot of detective work. This is digging around. We imagine hackers, you know, um, working for employees like you. Um, do you, when you look for an employee, uh, are you looking for people who would try anything regardless of what they know? Are they really those type of people that are going to just uh, say, well, I know this much, but I'm going to try this think outside the box people? Yeah, I mean, so a lot of people who work within info security, um, they, they are very talented and very skillful from the get-go, but they're also willing to learn new things and branch into new fields. So when we're looking to hire people, we won't necessarily look for someone who's already coming out of university or coming out of school or self-taught with all this knowledge. We're looking for someone who's interested and keen because in the information security field, we have to adapt. We have to continuously learn. We can't just do an exam and work in security, if that makes sense. It's a continuously, continuous growing circle. So you have to basically hire people that are hackers to deal with these hackers. Yeah, and I, I think the key point to get across here is hackers aren't bad people. Yeah. I mean, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was a hacker. Bill Gates is a hacker, and they've built two of the most successful companies in the world. So a hacker is just something who, who does something differently and takes a different approach to doing things. Um, so my, my company, Fidus Information Security, what we do is we get contracted by companies to think like a hacker. We break into their systems. We hack them. We'll break into their buildings and we'll try and fish them. Um, and the reason we do this is because we can help them better defend against when malicious people do it. 
Right. They're paying us to do it and we can defend them. It's not going to happen from people in their basement, like you say, the, the actual hackers. Yeah, basically, you guys are like looking for the leaks in a boat. Let's get to into the head of a hacker for a second, because most of us, okay, you know, sure. don't know a lot of hackers. When a cyber attack like this happens, do hackers immediately see this as an opportunity to test their skills and try and shut it down? Like, would we have had a bunch of hackers that weren't being paid to stop this just going at it, uh, thinking, okay, well, this would be a fun little challenge? I think that's that's kind of what's been going on all weekend. So Malwaretech was obviously the first person to to um stop it. Over the weekend, there have been new variants of the malware, so people had got samples, changed it up a bit, and tried to release it as their own to cause more damage. And I think that the information security community is very tight-knit and very close, and there were people working all weekend, completely free in their own time, trying to catch these samples, trying to see if they had the same kill switch, which they did, register these kill switches to make sure people aren't getting infected when they're coming to work on a Monday morning. It's an unprecedented ransomware uh, attack that we had this weekend, affecting more than 200,000 victims in 150 correct, uh, yeah. countries. Yet the hackers have only collected $60,000 as of this morning. W- what do you think is their prime motivation? Is it cash or is it mainly thrill and the cash is just a kind of add-on bonus? I think, I, I personally think it's, it's the cash side of things. I mean, if you're going to deploy malware, there's loads of different things you can do, but ransomware is purely there to disrupt and gain money. Um, so the fact they've hit so many machines, they put the fee very low. Typically, some ransomwares you can see charging $1,000, $2,000 a machine. Um, so they've definitely got money on their minds there. And also to cause disruption. I mean, people who do this for malicious intent like to cause disruption. They like they get a thrill from seeing themselves on the news. Um, they, they might be a little bit shaken by the, the scale of it now. Uh, oh, yeah? <laughs> knowing they have kind of law enforcement around the world clubbing together to try and find them. Will we see a lot more of this now? Do you think that this has been successful? There'll be a lot more copycats? Sure, yeah. Copycats? I mean, ran- ransomware really got big a few years ago. Um, so we've had viruses on, on computers since the 80s. Um, and as times evolve, people have realized they can start making more financial gain from doing this. And as people are making more and more financial gain, other hackers or people with malicious intent are hopping on the bandwagon and they're trying to do the same. Mm-hmm. So you're getting this kind of a hydra. So one, one group may be arrested, but two or three may spawn out of that. And because it's such a lucrative market, um, unfortunately, and people pay the ransoms, this is encouraging more and more people to get involved and cause this disruption. This malware apparently originated with the NSA. Can you uh, just uh, describe how hackers would get it and how would they use it to their advantage? Okay, so I I wouldn't say the malware itself originated with the NSA. The way the malware was spread was through an, an exploit vector within Windows. Okay. which the NSA discovered um, quite some time ago, and it was recently released by Shadow Brokers um, in, in the news, uh, which I'm sure most people have seen. Um, and people adapt these things. They, they take what's not known before it's patched um, and hope to hit people mm. before it is patched. So Microsoft themselves actually released a patch for this two months ago. So anybody who patched their machine in the past, who was using Windows machines, sorry, mm. and patched in the past two months is completely secure and fine from this. But companies sometimes struggle because they have so many machines. We're talking the National Health Service in the UK undoubtedly has hundreds of thousands of machines. And how how do you ensure every machine is patched on time? And how how do you ensure the X-ray machine running Windows 2000 um, is going to be secure from this? And it's it's a really tricky battle that companies are facing. So the uh, Microsoft is, uh, it's upset with the NSA. Did they accept a bit of responsibility for not checking up on their clients and, you know, really getting the message out there? Hey, this is a serious threat. 
I think Microsoft have been saying for, for quite some time now, we, we're going to stop supporting the older operating systems. We want you to upgrade as soon as possible. Mm. It's the same reason most people who are running Windows recently were forced to upgrade to Windows 10 right. because it's more secure. Uh, Microsoft themselves, when, when exploits are found, they're very quick to patch them. They are very quick to push them out there. But at the end of the day, it's down to the end user to ensure they're applying these patches. I mean, I'm sure most people can relate. They've seen a security pop-up saying you need to update. I got to be honest, I saw it as a cash grab. You keep closing. <laughs> yeah, you, you just you keep closing it. You don't yeah. do the update. Yeah. So basically, we're, we're setting ourselves up, up for a disaster. We're going to have to follow these patches. We're going to have to follow these updates or we are going to be at risk. Yeah, that, that's completely correct. Yeah. Well, Andrew, I appreciate you joining us on the show today. It's it's a pleasure uh, talking to you, and I'm going to keep your number handy because I think. Uh, and thank you for talking to me. We might. You're more than welcome. I think we might have more conversations in the future. Unfortunately, about uh, more uh, attacks, malware attacks. But it's uh, it's a pleasure to have met you. Thanks for being here. Likewise. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers, Andrew Mabbitt is founder and a hacker at Fidus Information Security in the UK.